Welcome to River Edge Podcasts. We hope this message inspires and encourages you today. What a wonderful day. Yeah. Just, just before we start, um, last Sunday, I think it was last Sunday, early in the morning at about 4.07 in the morning, I was already awake, but I, I was sort of drifting in and out. Yeah. You ever had that? You're just sort of drifting in and out. Sorry, I'm crying. Real men don't cry. Oh, wow. And, um, and our smoke alarm went, <coughs> who's heard that sound? It's a beautiful sound, isn't it? So melodic, you know, you just think, oh, it's like the birds. And, um, and I'm like, what the heck was that? Because, you know, it's hardwired in and, and immediately I think it chirps when the power goes off. So I, I click the lamp next to the bed powers off and I'm like okay well it's all right because they have a battery backup a few minutes well seconds later ah! why is it doing that you know and it's and it and it chirped and and Kylie's like what's going on you know she's awake now what's happening and I'm like oh the power's off and the it's chirping which there are electricians in the room and they're going you haven't replaced your batteries have you Stephen and it's like but they're hardwired you know and to be honest, I think I've only ever replaced the, the battery backups once in the nearly 20 years that we've lived there. Don't look at me like that because you're exactly the same. You don't replace your batteries. Even Ben Wilson, who is a fiery, he goes, when I told him about it, he goes, yeah, I, I keep, they say, you know, you've got to do it on this date. He goes, I never do it either, you know, like, because he can put it out of fire, doesn't matter. He could do it with a... He can put out a fire with a fire. He's that type of guy. But then the Holy Spirit dropped something in my spirit straight away. And, um, and I was going to talk about it last week. And the Holy Spirit said, not this week. And then this morning I woke up and he said, today. So this is what the Holy Spirit said to me. There's some of us that have been, become disconnected from the power of God. Disconnected from the stream of heaven. Disconnected with that intimacy that God desires. God doesn't just desire us to be people on earth and he's in heaven. No, no. He wants us to commune with him. He wants to do intimate, daily relationship with us. And there's a chirp going off saying your battery's running flat. Yeah, come on, there's an alert going off. And, there's, and some people, this is for somebody here, and I think it's for a lot of people actually, that you're disconnected and you're feeling, you're not feeling that intimate relationship that the Father, that Jesus died for us to have that relationship. When Adrian said those words, it is finished, Jesus was making a statement that it is now complete. The work that has been made for mankind that we can passionately and intimately and boldly come into the presence of the God because when he made that statement the veil that was in the temple separating the outer courts to the holy of holies was torn top to bottom we know that we've read it in scripture but I want to remind you there's things in scripture that we hear and we go I know that but you don't we don't know the depths of what God has done for us and the intimacy that he desires with us and we we get sin conscious and we think oh no but God doesn't want to deal with me but he doesn't want to talk to me because I've done this wrong and that wrong and this wrong and Jesus did everything so that the whole of mankind can be free of sin it's not just for it's for everybody it's for whosoever believes this message oh it's not because you're so special that you get to sorry Sorry to burst that bubble. It's not because you live such a good life and you make sure that you don't like them and not like them and you don't do that. At least, at least, Lord, oh, I thank you that I'm so righteous that I'm not like these sinners here. You know, Jesus told a parable where he says, who, who does God listen to? The one who's beating his chest saying, Lord, forgive me, I'm a sinner, I've failed. Or the one that says, at least I'm not like that sinner. No, don't do comparisons thinking you're better off. We are better off because of Jesus. Not because of what we do, but because of who he is. Don't sit there and put the pillow over your head and allow that chirping, because that's what Kylie did. I said, put your pillow over your head and just ignore it. 
I won't be able to. I'll be awake for the rest of the morning, which I was. Um, don't allow, I could have just got up, gone outside, got a ladder, but it was too cold and I was too lazy. Don't be lazy. Don't be lazy. We are disciples of Jesus Christ. That means it takes discipline to actually do something here. So if that's you today, I want to pray for you. And don't just switch off from this. Don't switch off. Because God is desiring to have an intimate relationship with us on such a deep, I'm going to say visceral level, to the core of our being, to the heart of our existence. Heavenly Father in heaven, our Father, our Abba, our puppy dad in heaven. Your name is so glorious. It is so deep. It is so powerful. It reveals your identity. It reveals your character. It reveals your authority. It reveals exactly who you are. Jesus, thank you for showing us who the Father is. Thank you for completing the work on our behalf. Oh, you did the work of the Father. You did the work of him who had sent you for our benefit. I pray for each individual one. Holy Spirit, I thank you for your presence here right now. For those that are feeling disconnected, for those that are feeling shut off from the power, the authority, from your presence in their life, and the chirp is going off, the alert is going off, and, and we're just trying to stifle the alert, and we're not meant to do that. We're meant to be filled with power. Jesus said, wait until you receive power from on high. Wait until you receive authority. John the Baptist says, I baptize with water, but there's one that's coming after me that's going to baptize you with power and with fire. Father, I thank you for the fire and the power of your Holy Spirit right now, shattering the deception, shattering the voices that are telling us that we're not good enough, that we've done too much, that you can never forgive us. No, Jesus, even on the cross, you said, forgive them, Father. And that wasn't just those in, in front of him. That was for all of mankind, past, present and future. Father, thank you for making a way that we can have intimate relationship with you so that we can know who we truly are and you can show us who we can be on this earth. Father, right now, I thank you for your spirit. Not just being on, but being in, in each one here. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you for that authority. Thank you for that power, that boldness to live life and to proclaim with our mouth Jesus is Lord, to proclaim with our mouth the promises of God. Father, thank you for all your promises. They are yes and amen. We add our amen to your yes. You've made it yes, and we say make it so in my life. That is an eternal truth. I agree with it. Make it so. I ask for your favor and blessing on this time as we discuss and sit around your word, Father. I thank you for individual rhema words, individual words for each person here that they will see with fresh eyes and hear with fresh ears and understand with a fresh heart exactly what you are saying in this season. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Okay. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. This is a really interesting thing. There's so much in Genesis. I keep going back to it and it just blows my mind. And, um, oh, wow, Holy Spirit's just telling me something again. You know when it says shout to the Lord and um, he didn't say shout to the Lord, all you extroverts. Are you shouting? Are you shouting in your life? Are you making statements of what God has done for you and, and what God is doing for you and what God is going to do for you? Speak well. Speak well in your life. We can get caught up in the cares of the wo this world and the deceitfulness of wealth and we can get the, the rain, we can get the seed from heaven stolen and stifled and trapped. That's not God's plan. God's plan is for a pure stream flowing from heaven, pure rain falling from heaven, good seed. He's a radical planter. He is throwing seed all the time. But if we get caught up in the pattern of this world, the pattern of this world, 
(laughs) Shout it out. Some of us need to make a new proclamation in our life. Instead of shouting and talking continuously about what's going wrong with the world, we need to be the vessels of light that God's called us to be and start shouting out about God's goodness. And when somebody says, oh, isn't it bad and it's only getting worse, we go, no! It is only getting better. God has promised in his word that regardless of what happens on this world, lift your eyes because our redemption draws near. Jesus said, and it's it's recorded in Matthew and it's recorded in Luke. In in 25 in Matthew and 24 in Luke. (laughs) Thank you, my wife. 24 and 21, my wife, see, God said, I will send you a helper. Because you need it, Stephen. <laughs> it, it, oh, sorry, what was I talking about? <laughs> I just reminded how much you helped me. When all these things happen, that's not the message we're bringing today. But I, I really feel, guys, we need to, you, some of us need to shout out, make a new shout in our life. And, and you might say, oh, I don't want to shout. I live too close to people. That, that's all right. That's okay. You don't have to shout out now and frighten everyone around you. But... But I'm talking about an inner shout, like a a proclamation that when something is said to you, you go, no, that's not what God says about me. That's not what, who said that? Who said that you weren't good enough? Who said that you you couldn't stand on the faithfulness of God's word? Who said that? Only the deceiver. And the worst thing about deception is you don't know that you're being deceived. That's what the deceiver came to do. Ah, sorry, I'm getting off track, but I hope you receive that. And Father, make sense of my words. (laughs) Uh, It's a big thing in my life because I have to shout it out. I have to shout out the goodness of God on a daily basis in my life. And you might go, that's easy for you, Steve. Ask my wife, that's not easy for me. It's not. I'm, I'm an extrovert in some things, but it's not easy for me at some points in my life to go, no, God is doing a good work. Over the last two weeks, I've pretty well spent it in bed with a heat pack on my back, um, feeling like life is just wasted. And I've got to keep saying, but Father, you're good and you're still doing good. Thank you for all the goodness that you've brought into my life. Thank you for my wonderful family, not just my children and my wife, but my extended family. And thank you for the household of faith. Thank you for my brothers and sisters. And then I'll start praying for you guys and thanking God for you guys individually and remembering you and the ones that Holy Spirit. And I've got to start shouting these things out. Don't leave it up to just some people to do that. Make that proclamation yourself. It doesn't say just shout to the Lord, you leaders, or shout to the Lord, you extroverts. It says shout to the Lord, all you people, all you people, and clap to the Lord, all you people. Make a noise. There is a noise in this earth that is trying to distract us from the goodness of God. We've got to sometimes do something to break that that spirit and that atmosphere around our life. You have our permission to get noisy in worship. Yeah. You know, it's sometimes it's way too quiet in here during worship because the songs that we sing are a declaration of the goodness of God. You know, and when, when we, were, we were singing this morning about the power of Jesus, I was remembering all the times as a mother where I've declared the name of Jesus over my children, over my household, when my, when my kids were sick or when they were struggling, I spoke the name of Jesus over them and I saw things change. And I've spoken the name of Jesus in our house and I've seen things change. So when I sing that song, it's not just a song. It's, yes, that's my life. That's my Lord. That's my testimony that I serve a powerful God. And I can't just stand there and sing it like it doesn't mean anything because I feel this roar start to rise up inside me and say, yes, that I've seen that. I've seen the power of Jesus. And if it wasn't for the power of his name, I wouldn't be where I am today. We wouldn't be where we are today. Our children wouldn't be where we are today. And the Holy Spirit said to me during worship, remind the mothers of the authority that they have over their family. He hasn't just entrusted them into your care to take care of their physical needs. And we need to see our children not just as as being a body and being a soul, but they are a spirit with a body wrapped around them. 
And first and foremost, we are to take care of their spiritual selves and to declare what God has for them over their lives day after day after day after day until we see it materialize in them, until we see it come forth in them. That's the authority that we have as women, as mothers, we have spiritual authority over our families. And we do more for them on our knees than we ever do for them in the kitchen. I'm not saying don't feed your kids, don't clothe your kids, but pray for your kids and prophesy over them and see the goodness of God come to pass in their lives. That's the authority that we have. It says in Ephesians 6, we don't fight flesh and blood. We fight against principalities and powers. And the enemy comes to steal, to kill and to destroy from our families and we have the authority. It says that he comes to destroy those he may. He comes to devour those he may. And we have the authority to stand up and say, you may not. You may not touch my kids. You may not touch my grandkids. You may not come into my house. Because I stand at the door and say, here and no further. And that's the authority that we have as mothers, as fathers over our households. And whether you're seeing it right now, the fullness of it or not, keep declaring it until you see it. Keep praying it until you see it because you have authority over the spiritual realm. And we fight too often in the physical realm and we try and make things happen on a physical level when we need to be on our knees fighting against principalities and powers. And God can give us discernment as women. We have discernment to be able to discern the demonic power that is trying to come and steal from our children and trying to come into our household. And the Holy Spirit can show us what it's called what it looks like, so that we can fight against it in our prayer closet. And that's the authority that we have as women. So I want to remind you, women, you are powerful in the spiritual realm. You have authority over your home. Take it up. Take it up, warrior women. Take it up. Rise up. Take authority again where you've let the enemy sneak in because you can tell him to get lost You can tell him to get out. Enough is enough. Your time is done. I'm going to see the promises of God in my family, in the generations, because he's a God of the generations. He's a God of the generations. (laughs) I just want to share one more thing. There's this beautiful um, Celtic tradition, because we have a bit of Celtic heritage in our family, and so do many of you, and... The, the Celtic women were the, were the keepers of the flame. So in their household, they were the keepers of the fire. So each, each family had a fire that they had to keep going. It was an eternal fire. It never went out. It, it kept going from one day to the next through generations. So the men, the men were off hunting, fighting, doing their thing. The, the women were the keepers of the flame, the fire. So the fire was, it was their warmth. It, it was what they cooked on. It was, you know, what they boiled their water on. It purified their water. It cooked their food. It kept them warm. Every night, the woman of the household would gather the coals and cover them and put them to bed for the night. And then every morning she would uncover the coals, fan that fire into flame and it never went out. It was always, the coals were always kept alive because if the fire went out, that meant no warmth, no food, no water, right? No matches. And there were no matches back then. There were no jiffy fire lighters back then. So if your fire went out, it was hard work to start that fire again. So that, that was the woman's role to keep the fire burning, to keep the home fires burning. I think that's where we get that, that saying from, to keep the home fires burning. And when a daughter got married, the, the mother would take some of the coals from the home fire and she would give them to the daughter when she got married and that became 
the fire for the next generation. And then the daughter would keep that fire burning in, for her family every day. And that's what we do as women. The fire, the fire of our faith is what we pass on from one generation to the next. And I, I just feel to encourage you that you have, you've passed on those coals. If you feel like they've been buried and they haven't been fanned into flame... Coals have amazing longevity, don't they? they? They can last for a very long time when they're buried and when they're put to bed. And I just want to encourage you that the Holy Spirit has his fan in his hand. And even if those coals have been sitting dormant for a while, he's still going to come and fan them into flame in the generations to come in your family. I was speaking that over your families. Yeah. And then also in 2 Timothy. <laughs> 2 Timothy 1. This is what Paul said to Timothy. I've been reminded of your sincere faith, Timothy, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives in you also. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God did not give us a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power, of love and self-discipline. So Timothy's faith was passed down from his grandmother to his mother and then and then to him. And then it was his responsibility to fan that into flame and, and to keep that faith going strong so that he could pass it on to the next generation. Isn't that awesome? That's a great thing. Yeah. In Genesis, um, we read about how in Genesis 2 particularly, sorry, I haven't given any of these to the, to the team, but Genesis 2 talks about the creation of Adam, which is the Hebrew way of saying it, and also Eve. Now, there's so much you could talk about here um, because this, it's, it actually says that um, this is the, the record of, of what happens and after the seventh day, God rested and everything like that. And um, it talks about this is the <coughs> – I again shouted out my voice this morning – where is it? Uh, the record. So at verse 5 it says, um, for, for this is the history of the origin of the heavens and the earth when they were created in the day, that is the days of creation, that the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. Verse 5, no shrub or plant of the field was yet on the earth and no herb of the field had yet sprouted for the Lord God had not caused it to rain and there was no man no man to cultivate the ground. No man to be a steward of the earth. Now, God created the earth um, to, and, and this is the thing about the word of God. It is so deep and profound. We look at it with a scientific mind, but we've actually got to look at it with, um, with a heavenly mind, with a totally different perspective than the earthly mindset that we've we, we look at it with, we look at it scientifically and we go, don't know how he did it, but he did it in this order and this is why he did it and everything like that. But um, it says that there, there was nothing in the ground, there was, there was no plants yet. So this is going, I'm not trying to mess with anyone's theology. If, if you go, that doesn't, that doesn't make sense to me, Stephen, because I thought day six was when God created man and woman in his image. But when you look at this, it says, no, no plants had yet sprung from the ground. This is day three. And God then, after he formed man, he planted a garden. And this is where it started to spring forth. Go through and read it. You will find out that there is a depth to this that goes beyond um, what we naturally understand it to be. Okay, I'm not going to go into the fullness of it. I'm just, 
I'm just throwing out some stuff because I've been challenged by this and I want to know more. I want to know what God was actually saying through Moses under the revelation of the Spirit of God to what was going on. So then because the, the earth needed stewards from heaven to bring heaven to earth. That the earth wouldn't just be this void place, but it would actually be something where God planted a garden and then put man in it to steward it, to bring the image of God to earth because we were made in the image of God. But straight away, he, he, Adam could have done it all by himself. This is what blows me away because within him was woman as well. Don't fully understand that one, except... When we're conceived, we're all female. It's not until um, week seven that uh, the, the Y chromosome kicks in and activates testosterone uh, for those that are going to be male. And it changes. <laughs> it's really weird. And then testosterone scorches half our brain. Yeah. It's funny to you girls, isn't it? We're walking around with half a brain and we still get some stuff done. It's good. Week seven, that activation starts taking place. Week nine, it's in full flow. We're either female or we are male and, it, and that, that has already taken place. At week 12, genitalia is formed. Or not fully formed, but it is forming. And it is just so profound when you... I remember going through the books when we were pregnant with Chelsea. We were pregnant with Chelsea. And, um, and now Kim's pregnant. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I never got this emotional over my kids. You, you got soft in your old age. <laughs> Man, I'm so grateful for God's goodness, God's faithfulness. And God said it's not good for him to be alone in doing this. Because God would meet with him every day and then he'd go away. And, and, he, and God was the comforter because that is the spirit of God, is a comforter and a nurturer and a helper. <laughs> in scripture, man is only called a helper once. Women are called helper many times. God says he is a helper a profound amount of times. So guys, women are more like God than us. <laughs> they bring out an aspect of the divine that we are lost without in our life. That's why we must honour our mums. That's why we must honour our wives because they bring out a divine part of God that we would be lost without. And God said, it is not good that you should do this alone. You need nurturing in your life. You need comforting. So men were meant to toil the soil. I was a poet and I didn't even realise it before. Meant to toil the soil. But the, the women, if you read in Proverbs 31, women are just bring, it brings out this incredible aspect of what God has made women to be. And men, we were given physical strength. I, I hate it when it, we misunderstand what it means about the weaker vessel. It's actually the gentle vessel. It's the delicate vessel. And men, it's not because they're weaker than us. Because some women can be stronger than you, I'm telling you that now. I have seen a strength in my wife that I'm like, that challenges me. That what she can carry in life, what she can endure in life, that just challenges me and calls me to another level. But um, our strength is to protect our women and to protect our children. It is not to control. It is not, when we're called to govern, it's not to control. It's to be a steward, to bring heaven to earth in our families. It's to bring heaven to earth with our marriage. It's to bring heaven to earth with our children. It's to bring heaven to earth with whomever we would meet in life so that we can shine light and show that there is a God 
And if there is a God, he's a redemptive God who wants to have an intimate relationship with everybody on this planet. So it goes on and it, and it actually shows us that we are the same, but we are given different roles by God. And we are never to take those roles for granted. They are unique, they are profound, they are deep. And we just go, oh yeah, you're a boy, you're a girl. And nowadays, even the deceiver has got into that and is trying to bring confusion and doubt into people's lives to stop the fruitfulness that God brings forth, that God calls. And at the end, he says, now go and be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth because I want the earth to be full of representatives of heaven. Are you, are you grabbing hold of this this morning? I, I really hope I'm, I'm saying this right because in my head I understand what I'm saying. I'm hoping that you're grabbing hold of this and I'm praying that you're going to get a revelation of this as well. That's why God says, honour your father and mother. Fifth commandment, honour your father and mother, that all will go well with you and you'll live long in the land and you will prosper. There is something about honouring our parents. And you might say, and, and this is the argument that we get nowadays, oh, but my parents haven't been good. Oh, my parents did this or my parents did that. And, and the, the reality is the facts can be that that's true. But mums and dads, we know that we were given no book on how to raise our kids. We have to learn as we go. That's why I'm actually more emotional because I, I realise now I've got a greater understanding and a greater depth of understanding of how profound a life is. See, right now in Kim, this baby's about to, we're about to know, well not know, but it's about to be exactly a revelation of who God has called that child to be just in their identity of male or female. But that's only the beginning. The fullness of that is who you're called to be and who God has made you to be. We shouldn't ask our children, what do you want to be when you grow up? We should ask, who do you want to be when you grow up? Who, what type of person do you want to be when you grow up? And, and really our prayer should be that they are patient that they are kind, that they are generous, that they are, you know, that they know right from wrong, that they, that they know how to not only protect themselves but protect others around them, that they know the heart of the Father and they can go to Him in intimate conversation for themselves and for those around them who they love as well. When we talk about honouring your father and your mother. Thank you. The argument that I've heard a lot is based around some imperfection that a mother or a father might have that discredits them somehow from honour. Yeah. Um, but I think the imperfection is part of the lesson. It is. That well we, said. we need to learn to honour people who are imperfect because we're all imperfect. And if you can't honour a parent because they have an imperfection, you'll never be able to honour yourself. And the word of God says, love others as you love yourself. So you can't have grace for your own imperfections if you never have grace for anyone else's imperfections. And it doesn't say honour your father and your mother if they're perfect or if they do everything right or if you agree with everything they say or do or... It just says honour them and it doesn't yeah. say honour them until you're 18 and then you can do what you like. It just says honour them. It's that never a lifelong honour that never stops. Yes. And whether or not you're able to honour your father and your mother says more about you as a person than it does about them. Wow. Because honour is a position that you take in being obedient to the word of God yeah. because it comes with a promise. Yes. That you will live long in the land, that things will go well for you if you're able to show honour to others. Mm. And what does honour look like? <laughs> it means cherishing their wisdom. Yes. It means being grateful for what they've done for you, for putting a roof over your head, for getting up to you in the middle of the night when you're a baby and feeding you, looking after you when you're sick, cooking for you, 
running you around in the car 24-7. <laughs> when you were going to sport and music practice and sleepovers and... But that's just their job. But, yeah, all those things that mothers do for us. And then we get to that age where we think we know better than them and we don't have to honour them anymore. And we need less attitude and more gratitude for our parents because when you become a parent, you will understand the sacrifice that they make for you, the hours they stay awake for you, praying for you, caring for you. One day you will understand. And most parents do the best that they can do It's not perfect, but it's the best that they can do. And God is so awesome. I'm I'm very aware that Mother's Day comes with mixed emotions because there's so many complexities to Mother's Day because we both had amazing mums, but that's not everybody's story. Mm. And, you know, there's just a whole... Some people, you know, there's... Mother's Day is a reminder of everything that's good and everything that's broken in our society, isn't it? Mm. Because for some people it's a reminder of the relationship they don't have with their mum or the relationship they don't have with their kids or the kids that they don't have yet or the mum they don't have anymore. There's just so much mixed emotions around Mother's Day but God has a a beautiful way of making up for that which was lost. And not only does he give us mothers, but he gives us mentors. So, you know, if we had a mother that was only able to give us so much, then God puts mentors in our lives that that add to that. I was reading about the story of Moses and how his mother could only raise him until he was three months old. And then she had to let go of him and put him in God's hands a lot earlier than most mothers do. She had to put him in the river at three months of age, and she prayed for him and asked that God would provide someone else to care for him. And God brought a mentor in the form of Pharaoh's daughter because his mother could give him milk, but she couldn't mentor him because she couldn't hide him any longer. And, you know, for some of us, our mothers took us so far, but then God provided mentors that could raise us up and speak into our lives and they took us the rest of the way and God is so wonderful how he does that and he knows what he's called us for and he puts the people in our lives that we need to raise us up to be the people that he's called us to be and we and we need to be so grateful because whatever your life has looked like and whatever your relationship with your mother has been he's brought you this far by his grace He's brought you to this place by his grace and he's surrounded you with the people that you needed to get here. So we need to be so grateful to him. Glory to God for that. Glory to God for the journey he's taken us all on, hey? Yeah. And sometimes it's been rough and sometimes it's been hard, but he's brought us all here today by his grace, Mm. hasn't he? Mm. He's so good. Yeah. He's so good. And, and it, it actually, um, in the New Testament, it says that the older women should teach the younger women. That is the whole mentoring factor, which is discipleship. You know, to, to then, we're all called to be a disciple and to have disciples, that we are mentoring and encouraging others. That's why it says, honour others above yourself. That's why it says, spur one another on in love and in good deeds. That's why we're, we're all called to be invested in others' lives. But do you know what we do? We say, oh, no, I can't speak into their life. Who am I to speak into their life? Oh, I don't want to push the boundaries at all. I think we need to. I think we've stood back too much that people are going to destruction in their life without us in love saying, hey, this behaviour, it, 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 what, what is going on? Who has told you that this is the way that you have to live? There's a better way that you can live. And, and we go, oh, I don't want to talk to somebody. I don't want to have to, because I don't have it all together. Who am I to speak into somebody else's life? Who told you that? 
You have value in your life. You've got incredible stuff. The word honor in both the Hebrew and the Aramaic, in the Hebrew, it means the heaviness. It means heaviness. Honor means heaviness, which you go, what? But it means to actually look deeper, to look deeper that this isn't a light thing. This isn't a small thing. This is actually something of great weight. And then in the New Testament, in in Galatians 6, which Kylie's already spoken of, about we don't fight against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers in this dark age. It it says in the beginning of it, honour your mother and father. And that word honour means to actually weigh up and ascribe value to. And as Kylie just so beautifully said, if we are unable to even look at our parents who bore us, and sustain because you wouldn't be here unless you had someone to care for you. We would not be here if we didn't have someone to care for us to provide support, to provide food, to provide protection, to provide security in our life, to bring us through to a point to ascribe value. Now, that means that we need to actually value one another, value one another not fight against one another, not have opinions about one another, not grumble and look at that one another and point fingers and all that. It means to actually value one another, see the worth in one another. It is really profound in this to, that it honour, esteem, value as precious your father and your mother and be respectful to them, it says in the Amplified. This is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go be well with you and that you may have a long life on the earth. Then it goes on to say fathers, but that word means parents. Do not provoke your children to anger or exasperate them. This is a, a really unusual Greek word. It means don't be alongside them and making them angry. Now that doesn't mean just you're in your relationship. That could be pointing out the wrong things in life as you stand beside them going, yeah, that's unfair and that's unfair and this isn't right and this is going wrong and they get angry, they get fearful. We are meant to be out in front as parents, leading the way, being point man, being point woman, leading the way, helping negotiate this minefield of life. I I am so grateful for my mum. I, I, I remember I after mum passed away, I didn't cry for I had to do the funeral and and I I just went stoic and I didn't cry. And um, I got a little bit tearful and I didn't cry. And then it would have been about four to six months later, I was out in the backyard at night and I just started thanking God for my mum. And I was just saying, thank you, Father, for my beautiful mum and who she was and everything that she did and what she gave me in my life and my beautiful sister scored because my mum was a pack rat <laughs> she she would buy things and um say oh we'll get wool on sale and she would buy like I don't know how many sheep she bought and then she'd we had this massive linen cupboard in the house that we grew up in and when they had to clean up and move out there was so sorry you grew up in the linen cupboard. No. <laughs> Is that what I said? Gee, words can be confusing, can't they? And my beautiful sister got some of the wool that my mum had scored. But Carol didn't realise when she did it that mum had already knitted a jumper for Callum and for me out of this green. And there's a photo that we have with Callum with his little beanie on and his little green jumper and my green jumper. And, and Carol knitted me this scarf and I love this scarf because it reminds me of how beautiful God is in giving us wondrous people in our life that if we value them and not fight against them because they're not telling us what we want to hear or they're trying to guide us in a different way that we want to go because our friends are saying let's go this way can I just say if you're listening to your friends more than you are than your family you're listening to the wrong people at the moment because friends are for a season, but family is forever. Family is forever. And you'll value that one day. 
You'll learn that one day. I pray that you learn it today, that you don't have to wait until you maybe lose one of your parents or, what, or both or whatever to then go, now I get it. Or you're, you're broken off in relationship from them. And, and uh, there's so many complexities in life, isn't there? We're all negotiating life the same. But our Father has given us promises. Our Father has given us truth. Our Father has given us the way to live and to have fullness in our life that whomsoever believes shall be whole, shall be complete, shall be healed. Does our world need healing at the moment? More than ever. Sin abounds at the moment. But do you know what the promise of God is? And we can get so focused on sin and what the devil's doing at the moment. Do you know what? The devil has no authority over your life. The devil has no victory over your life at all. And if you're believing that at the moment, who told you that? Who told you that? Jesus said, it is finished. And then He released His Spirit to the Father. And He shouted out, into your hands, Father, I commit my spirit. Why did He say that? He said that so that everybody standing around can know that even in the worst of times when people are looking on and saying, if He's really the Son of God, why doesn't He do something then? Didn't He raise the dead? Didn't He make blind eyes see? And He was doing something way deeper than preserving His own life. He was doing something to bring not just preservation, but Zoe, dunamis life into each one of our beings that if the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in us, He makes alive. Do you know how many times I shout that out? Because I want that life in my existence. I want my that life. I don't want the life the world can give. I don't want the peace the world can give. I don't even want the wisdom the world can give. The wisdom that comes from heaven is totally different. And as mums and dads, we have the opportunity to share that with our children. I pray that we grab that wisdom from heaven. I forget what the first thing that wisdom is that it says. Wisdom is first of all, somebody... It's second, pure, thank you. It is too. Bless you, favour. Oh, it is first of all pure. It comes from a pure place. Not from trying to say, oh, you've got to get an education. Oh, you've got to be this. Oh, you've got to do that. Oh, no, no, no. It's first of all pure. You must be a pure stream of heaven. You must be a pure example of heaven. Thank you for that. A pure. And then next, it is peace loving. It's not looking for opportunities to, to point out wrongs. It's not looking for opportunities to bring and you know, exasperation in. Fathers, don't exasperate your children, but it actually means lead them. Go forward. Show them how to live in life. Show them what true love is by being kind, patient, generous in your life. Honouring love does not dishonour others. Love looks for the value and the weight, it's not, a, it's not a light thing. It's actually, look, it's a deep thing in your life. I feel like I've gone totally off track from what we're, but we, we just pray, Holy Spirit, whoever's here today, just, we want to be a pure stream. We want to be a pure stream for you. We'll, we'll, um, we'll pray. Yes. We want to allow plenty of time for you to all have photos in the beautiful photo booth area out in the foyer before you head off to have lunch and but we'll pray and then before you all go we've just got a, a little gift for all the mum for all the women for all yes. the women yes. so just stay where you are we're going to pray and then um, Abby and a couple of the other girls are going to come and bring a gift for all the women I'm really grateful. I'm really grateful at the moment for what God is doing in the earth. He's bringing a realignment like we've never experienced before. This is a, a fresh season and it's not a natural season. It's actually a transformation. It's that metamorphosis that we're called to, you know, don't conform, but be transformed. Be transformed in the renewing of your mind. And I just want to, 
you know, reiterate the words that we heard by Steve McCracken. Who told you that? I, I feel like I need to say, who told you that? Whatever you're believing at the moment, who told you that? Because if it's, if it's coming from the Father, then that's a good thing. But if it's, if it's coming from a place of negativity or criticism or hurt in your life because somebody was hurt, so therefore they hurt you because they didn't know how to respond. And, and on the photos, if, if, you're, if you don't have your children here and you don't have your mum here, Grab some other ladies that have spoken into your life or encouraged you and grab them and get a photo with you so that you can remember, I have sisters, I have mothers in the household, in the body that, that are believing with me. And, and if you're like, I, but I don't have anybody here, grab someone and say, can, my name is Stephen. It's not your name. My name's Stephen. You don't know me, but I need somebody in my life to pray for me and to, to believe the best for me and to speak into my life, please do that. We all need that. We all need that. Mum, do you want to pray? Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Father God. Gracious, awesome, sovereign God. Thank you that you've brought us all this far by your grace. Thank you for our mothers. Thank you for our mentors. Thank you for the family of God. Thank you for the people that you've surrounded us with, that have encouraged us, prayed for us. Thank you for those that have gone before us, the generations that have gone before us, the grandmothers, the great-grandmothers, the mothers that prayed for us. Thank you. We honour them. We thank you for them. Above all, we honour you, Father. We thank you for this beautiful family, the family of God that you've given us. We thank you for our, our blood family. We thank you for our godly family. We thank you for the journey that you've taken each one of us on and for the good things that you have for each one of us in the future. Help us to all see the potential in one another and to speak into the lives of one another. Help us to be mentors, encouragers, to be praying for one another, journeying with one another, speaking into the generations coming up. We pray that their hearts will be receptive and, and soft and that you will give them a hunger for the things of God. Thank you, Father, for your presence and for your grace. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Awesome. Thanks for joining today. If you'd like to know more about service times or simply want to find out more about church, head to our website, riveredgechurch.com.au.